We're going to be talking about uh, Barrick. Barrick, and uh, it's not necessarily a popular story in the Bible, but I do think it is an interesting one. We're going to read, uh, starting in Judges chapter 4, starting in verses 1 through 9. And it says, Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And after Ehud died, who was the previous judge, so the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. And, uh, and the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoyim. The sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, for he had 900 iron chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now Deborah, who was a woman, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel went up to her for judgment. Now she sent a a word and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, has uh, indeed commanded Go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Natali and from the sons of Zebulon. I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops to the river of Kishon, and I will hand him over to you. Now here's a key part. Then Barak said to her, If you will go with me, Then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will certainly go with you. However, the fame shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. So, with uh, with this part of the story, I want us to unpack... Uh, this concept of to just go all in, just go all in, go all in. You will regret not giving everything you've got to what matters to you. You will regret not giving everything you've got to what matters to you. In this story, we see how Barak has this, this moment to shine and he's willing to go, but with contingencies. And it, it, it shows me that, um, that we shouldn't reserve ourselves from the opportunities of glory and purpose that arise in our lives just because we're afraid. When you look at, uh, when, when you talk to anyone that is seasoned in life and you ask them about their biggest regrets, it's typically about the risks that they didn't take. You hardly ever hear anyone talk about being regretful of the risks that they did take, but it's always those who are too afraid to take the risks, and they miss out on the opportunities of glory, the opportunities of uh, fulfilling purpose, and even especially when it's like those once-in-a-lifetime moments. For Barak, this was a moment like that to where the judge of Israel, the prophetess of Israel, calls on him hears from the Lord, and it shows how much uh, this, this woman was respected in her position to where he said he, he will only go if, he, if she would go with him. So he trusted her more than he trusted God. 
this is a really uh, interesting point. And sometimes a doubt that you formed in your plan B contingency becomes a stumbling block to the success because you back out prematurely. Her going with him was like his plan B. Like, well, yes, I, I, I can go if God commands me, but just in case, I want you to go with me. You're a prophetess of God. He was not going to let anything happen to you. So it, his doubt was formed and was shown in Deborah being his plan B option. And what I found, just like I'm saying, is that when we put, uh, when we put our doubt, uh, what, what we really do is we excuse our doubt with that plan B. Uh, When I think about so many different couples that we've counseled uh, when it comes to marriages, a lot of times uh, people, even when they're getting married, their plan B is, well, if things don't get uh, work out, we can always get a divorce. And it's like this plan B in the back of their minds. But when, when you have that plan B there ready to fall back on, so many couples will back out of their marriage prematurely because the minute that you have that plan B, you're, you're going to fail. And it sounds counterintuitive, like we, like we're, ta- we, we're taught that it's wise to have a plan B. To some degree, yes, but it, it's uh, what I'm projecting is that the story uh, is is painting a picture that those plan B- Bs can be the biggest stumbling blocks to our success. To where if we really push through our commitments, if we really press forward, even when things are hard, that's how we enter into this place of glory and purpose. But having a plan B in place, you will more than likely back out of what you're setting out to do because of that safety net you've put. Faith can be, I feel like faith can be compared to risk. The same principles apply in the sense of low risk, low reward. Um, And I think it's the same with faith. Low faith, low reward. And uh, a lot of times when we feel like God is calling us to step out in faith, we put these kinds of plan B contingencies and even as simple as um, uh, think of trying, uh, you feel like God is telling you to bring someone to Christ and you feel like God just told you to talk to them or pray for them or something along those lines. And rather than uh, talking to them, you go to your plan B contingencies like, well, I'll just show them how happy I am as a Christian. And, uh, and it's like a much more low-risk type of faith. Like, I'll just uh, do my best of, of, of being a good example as a Christian. And I've heard so many Christians say that, and none of those people end up bringing anyone to church, anyone to Christ. And it's, it's that idea, that low-risk, low-reward. You're really not going to get anywhere unless you take some action, unless you apply some faith. And we see that in this story. Now, let's go on. Uh, continue in, in the next couple of verses. That was the biggest chunk of our story. The next couple of verses, verses 12 through 13, it says, Then they told Sisera uh, that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. Sisera summoned all his chariots, 900, uh, 900 iron chariots, and all the people were with him from Harasheth, Hagiam, and to the river of Kishan. So what we see is uh, Barak. He, he ended up listening to Deborah and he started gathering troops from Ephraim and, and Naphtali. And he was gathering all these troops and it was told to him very quickly uh, to King Sesera what Barak was doing. And this next point, 
Um, This next point is don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy with your calling, but rather embrace it publicly. Don't be shy with your calling, but rather embrace it publicly. Instead of Barak leading this covert coup to try to take over the take the land back, Barak believed God for the victory to the point where he stood publicly with his calling to fight against Sisera. I think that's a really noble thing, a really bold thing that he did. Remember, he could have just went about it in a very covert op way, but rather he really went public with it. And I think that it takes boldness to wear your calling on your sleeve. A lot of times we hear the saying, like, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. What I would say is that we should wear our calling on our sleeve, that we sh- that it, almost like everyone should know what we're about. And when we do that, it, it brings, it. not only does it uh, portray boldness for uh, and strengthen your your faith in what in clarity and what you're doing, but also brings accountability to your calling. Like you really marry that calling when you make it public, whatever it is for you. And uh, I, I think that the same way that like it, it is with relationships and marriage of how it's a very public thing. I think that when it comes to our calling, when it comes to our faith, it should be just as public. We must prepare our hearts and our minds when going public uh, because uh, the more public we are with our faith and with our calling, the more likely you will be attacked as well. So I'm saying a couple things with this. One, when you're more uh, public about your calling, it's going to give more confidence to you. It's going to cause more conversations to happen for you. You're going to find more clarity. You're going to find more boldness as you wear your calling on your sleeve. But you're also going to be more likely attacked by uh, because of your calling. And um, I, I think that I think that what is really interesting, especially when it comes to our faith, is the minute that we're public with our faith. Um, it just irritates people that we barely know, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's funny. I had a um, a good friend of mine that I led to Christ that I um, knew from high school, and I remember a moment in which uh, he was like really passionate about his newfound faith, and he was on Facebook and he just like commented something that he was trying to be encouraging, and he shared a verse to somebody's post that was um, all sad and stuff. And he was like shocked at how many negative comments he got back, like so much like negative feedback. And he's like, I was just trying to be nice. And like people were mad at sharing a Bible verse. And uh, it's like a simple example of how when you are public with uh, with your faith, with you calling, it, it will attract the, the enemies of the faith. It will attract um, those who are against your calling. And just like in this story, the moment the barrack was public with it, that king summoned all 900 chariots to go fight against him. And I think that that's the way it is in the spiritual world. But be that as it may, you shouldn't be shy about that calling because in the end, you're going to have the victory. You're going to have the the winning hand, especially when you are brave and bold about that calling. Now, let's talk about this last point. In Judges chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, so we're just continuing on, says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Arise, for this is the day on which the Lord has handed Sisera over to you. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. 
So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. Then the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herosheth Hagiam. And all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not even one was left. This last point, we're going to talk about put in the work. Put in the work. Don't use the promises of God as an excuse to not try your hardest. Don't use the promises of God as an excuse to not try your hardest. With 10,000 men at, at Barak's disposal, he took rank at the front of the line. Notice how in this verse it says, with 10,000 men following him. So this man is at the front of the line and he didn't, he didn't allow the ideas of his position or his calling to be an excuse to subvert the actual work of the battle. This is a really key point that I feel like a lot of Christians miss. A lot of Christians presume that when God has a promise for us that we just sit back and relax. This boy is out grinding and fighting for his promise. He is working in, uh, uh, at the front of the line believing that God is going to empower him. In the same way, when God calls us to do certain things, we shouldn't go to the back of the line and try to manage that it's okay. We should be at the front of the line ready to, to fight for what God has called us to do. And Barak didn't hold back in the battle. But he went in with everything that he could muster. I mean, you're talking about blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, just running. I mean, just going on a run. <laughs> that's, that's an exasperating toll. When's the last time you ran two miles? This boy is running, slashing, slicing, and dicing. I mean, fighting in battle while, while just attacking to where not one soldier was left. He gave blood, sweat, and tears to go about bringing about the promise of God in his life. And even when he had pretty much won, think about this for a moment. He had pretty much won, but he didn't stop until he was 100% complete. I think that's a really big man talk right there, that he didn't stop until he was 100% complete. I feel like um, a, a curse that we have as men is that we often stop the work at 80%. 90% maybe, but we, we sometimes start getting lazy at the finish line and it's a, it's such a important principle to apply to know that we are not, there's never a pretty much done. We're not done until we're done. So whatever it is that God is calling you to do in your life, whatever it is that, um, you feel God is leading you to, to understand that it's not done until it's done. Even if you feel like it, it, even imagine a moment if you feel like what you're supposed to be doing isn't working. Sometimes we also declare things are failed before they're really failed. And we, we throw our hands up and try to back out of something and go to those plan B's. But I would argue that you're not done until you're done. And that it's, uh, you're not, uh, it's not dead till they're dead. I remember one time there's someone that had, uh, that was on life support in our church and I was going to pray for them in the hospital. And it is uh, a moment where everyone is saying, well, you know, 
it's time to say your goodbyes. And the person that had asked me to come and pray with them wanted me to pray for complete healing and recovery. And and there's a moment right where, where they're saying, well, they're saying that he's pretty much dead. I said, well, he's not dead, though. He's got a pulse. And so we can pray. And it's just like a, a simple thing. It's like they're not dead until they're dead. It, it, it's like so often we try to declare things prematurely. And you need to know that even when it comes to your calling, your life, maybe there's some things that you thought were have been dead but they're really not dead. They they have life in them still, and there there might be a complete turnaround that you wouldn't expect. So remember, don't stop until it's either a hundred percent complete or a hundred percent failed, because you don't know the ending. You don't know the end result. Put in the work. So with that being said, uh, I really feel like this story about Barak was really interesting. We learned about how our hesitations. Um, formed in those plan B moments can stop us from going all in, but that we should never regret going, giving everything that we've got to what matters to us. We talked about how you shouldn't be shy, that uh, you sh- that you shouldn't be shy with your calling, but rather embrace it publicly, even if it means people are going to attack you for it. Be bold with your calling, and then we talked about putting in the work to not use the promises of God as an excuse to not try our hardest. And with all of this being said, if uh, at any point you feel like within yourself, you feel like uh, these this conversation is just pulling your heart to where everything is seems to be for you fixated on uh, your relationship with Christ. Maybe you're thinking about your faith, about how it's been something that you've been feeling in your heart, but you've never really made a decision for Christ. You've never made a public moment that you've called yourself a Christian. Maybe you've never really put in the the work of actually getting to know God and, and grow closer to God. And maybe right now you feel like God is calling you to just go all in with your faith and to trust in Jesus. If that is you, I would urge you to not let another day go by, but to trust in Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, that surely you shall be saved. So it takes a simple conversation with him. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer, but you can have that conversation with him yourself. That being said, let's pray as we close out. God, I thank you for this time that we had together as a group, as men to talk. And I pray that you cause this message to be edifying and meaningful in our lives um, and that you'd sharpen us as men. In Jesus' name, amen.